0: Welcome to Ring the Bell with the Masters of Marketocracy. I'm your host, Tony Mitchell, and joining us tonight, John Archer, Glenn Brownworth, and Dan Wyman. Tonight, we have a lot to talk about, so let's uh, jump into it with uh, some macroeconomics first, what's going on in the economy. Uh, The biggest fear in the markets right now is the debt ceiling. Uh, what are your expectations for a resolution and are you taking any actions because of it?
1: Glenn, uh, any thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, put it all in gold. No, I'm just kidding. Um, actually, gold has been doing pretty well, actually, in the last couple of months. You know? um, well, I think the uh, it's it's just dangerous to be tinkering with this, and they've been doing this for years, tinkering with the debt ceiling, and it's just... They're using it. They're using something so dangerous for political reasons. And it's it's regardless of your political affiliation. This is something we we pay our debts. And actually, according to the 14th Amendment of the Constitution, the president is obligated to pay the debts of the United States. So all of this political showmanship is really for nothing because they're all violating the Constitution. It's pretty simple if you look at it that way.
0: I heard uh... President Biden speak to the Fourteenth Amendment the other day, and it's something that he is definitely looking at. Uh, but he also stated that uh, he feels like he'd have to get a court to support that before it would really become effective. So uh, he's he's looking at that as a backup, but I don't think he's counting on that. Um, so we we we're still in a precarious position, uh, especially as divided as our our government and this country is right now and today, uh, to get this deal done um any uh, dan or john any other thoughts on that
2: well I, I think uh tony that most people would agree that something has to be done we we we've got to get the spending under control but i don't think that um defaulting on our debt for political reasons is is necessarily the the answer to that and i i think that um you know uh, I think they're going to they're they're going to go ahead and raise the raise the debt ceiling now. Whether you know the Democratic Party Democrat Party goes along with the Republicans, I don't I don't know. But um, I don't think there'll be a default, and I don't think the government will shut down. And and therefore, um, and and I think that the markets are signaling. You know, when you look at it, the last. Few days or weeks or whatever that uh, there there's not a serious concern there. At least that's kind of how I perceive it.
0: I, I I tend to agree with you that uh, I don't think it's really priced into the markets um, right now um, either either a um, a failure to to come with a resolution or even a, a last minute resolution uh, because when it happened last in 2011. Excuse me, Of course, that's when the markets um, tanked about nineteen percent, I believe it was. um, and part of that was on the downgrade of u s. government debt by right. Moody's. Um, so that uh, that was part of it. and And I don't think we're going to see that again. Um, but it certainly is a, a scary time right
3: now for the markets.
0: yeah, Dan, go uh, uh,
3: yeah, yeah, I'm just I'll just think, yeah, you know, I think. I agree with everyone here. You're, they're going to take it up to the end, and then raise the limit. And if they don't, then you know nobody's really. I'm not doing anything to prepare for that, and I don't know how you would, um, unless you are going to sit in all cash. But um, I don't know. It, it's just one of those things where you, you, we're not. It's not priced in because pricing it in would, you know, be pretty ugly in the market, right? Yeah. I agree. It's a tricky,
0: tricky thing to try to play. It's it's really about timing. And, and we all know that nobody can really time the market that well. Yeah. Um, and what happened after there was resolution in 2011 is the markets took off after that. So if you go out, you you risk the, the chance of missing out on that rebound. If you're in, hopefully we get a quicker resolution than expected. Um, and hopefully, um, if it does go down, we get a great rebound like we had in 2011. And as many times as I just said, hopefully, I do believe that hope <laughs> is not a good strategy.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So but I think we're all in agreement. So let's move on from there. Uh, the other thing that happened this well, uh, that happened uh, recently was that the Federal Reserve raised the uh, the interest rates uh, again, 25 basis points in May, and change this language to infer that that could be the last increase, even though sev- several Fed governors are still speaking with a hawkish tone. So this is a three-part question. Do you think they should have raised in May, that they're done raising, and will they
3: cut rates by
0: the end of the year? Dan, <laughs> go, go, go right ahead, Dan.
3: Yeah, I think I, – I think, um... They did what they needed to do. They needed to take a pause. I mean, you're starting to see some of the fallout in the banking sector. Um, I do believe the Fed. Um, I doubt that uh, they start cutting rates. I think they're going to hold pat and if if anything raise rates again. Um, yeah. You know they're they're trying to control inflation, and CPI came down a tenth of a percentage over the course of a month. Um, inflation isn't tamed yet. Um, they're just trying not to do serious damage to the economy. They have to take a pause.
0: Any other thoughts, uh, Glenn or Jen?
3: I don't know. I just, I think it might be one
1: more quarter point, but in the summertime, I think it's kind of like we'll go into the the stock doldrums like normal. And then, you know, August into September, the, was you know, Labor Day kind of period. Then after that, I think it'll start to move, but I don't think they're going to cut it. I think we have to get below 4% inflation before they actually stop doing anything at that point. I think they might just, uh, the whole Pat, I think they won't actually raise it or cut it and just leave it alone for probably a quarter to see how it is. That's what they keep saying. They keep saying they're going to play it by year, but I think it'll be one more quarter point. Like you, like you said, Dan, they don't, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to crash it into the bottom as, you know, just trying to slow down on inflation. So I think a quarter point occasionally, you know, we had a good for 10 15 years is basically free money you know so this is why it's it's painful to think about you know 4 or 5% you know interest rates but yeah i think it'll be one more time and then it'll stop in the late summer and the fall
2: i i think it's good news bad news you know the good news is that inflation is 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 lower than it was it's declining but it's still not the 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 bad news is it's 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 not low enough yeah and um, I I, um, I think if if we get um, a full blown recession, uh, the Fed will probably rethink the direction of rates. But I think there needs to be a pretty clear signal as to, you know, how uh, we're moving into recession, how deep it might be, and how long it might be. Um, so I think kind of what the Fed is going to do. You know the answer is it it, depend, it depends. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I would, honestly I think the Fed is uh, they just they were they're they're behind the curve on this whole thing with inflation. They should have done what they're doing now. They should have done it two years ago. Mm. You know it's and
0: it's definitely okay, one of the biggest criticisms is uh, they took too long to start this. Uh, Of course, we probably wouldn't have had as nice of a rally as we did in 2021 if they did. Um, So I appreciated it at that time. Um, But, you know, Glenn, you think they're going to raise another quarter point. I I have to tell you, I think if they raise a quarter point in June, the markets are going to have a tantrum and we'll see about a 10% pullback. The expectations right now are pretty much... um, almost unanimous that they will not raise again in June. So um, I'm I'm surprised that you think that they might, Um, but they could. It would be a surprise, though, to the markets. The CPI that that Dan referenced, that was the next question I actually had. Um, It came in lower, CPI and PPI came in lower than expected, as Dan mentioned, um, showing a continuous downward trend for inflation. Um, This is 11 straight months the CPI was either lower at the same level and 14 straight months the PPI was either lower or at the straight level. So we're same level. So we're seeing a nice trend in in both of these even though it's it's very slow going um, and I think that certainly the the thing to do would not to be to just pause and uh, see if that continues. Um, but back to the CPI and PPI, um, the one thing that didn't come in, uh, better than expected were unemployment numbers um, this morning. They came in a bit higher, although that's what the Fed is trying to do is to slow down um, employment and wage growth. So that could be actually good news for Fed pause further. So that only supports the case for them to pause. Um, and almost all these big tech companies we've been hearing about are laying off, laying off, laying off. So it's what they're trying to do is working. Um, and, you know, my my question now is, do you guys think we're still headed for a recession, uh, but maybe a mild one? Or do you think we're letting, excuse me, do you think we're headed for a hard landing and watch out? Or is a soft tape, soft landing still on the table?
2: Well,
1: Tim Cook just said that the majority of the layoffs are behind the big tech companies. So I think they kind of skimmed off 10% of their companies and they're like, okay, and they're already going back to hiring already, and the salaries for some of these companies are just un- just astronomical. I've just never seen a like three hundred eighty thousand dollars for a programmer at Facebook or Roku or Okta or just. So I don't I don't know about wage inflation, but if you're a programmer, you're you're definitely still going to be doing okay. But I don't know. I think I think those that's an indicator to say that. I wouldn't call it a a recession, more like just a slower period. If there's if there's a better word for a not as bad as recession, but just things are just going to slow down a little bit for the summer. I think like you said, it'll be a waiting period this summer. If nothing happens in June with the Fed and it's just business as usual, then I think we could see that rally. But if it's a quarter point, then things will stall over the summer until Labor Day comes, in my humble opinion.
0: We appreciate your opinion, your humble opinion there, Glenn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, John or or Dan, do you have uh, any other thoughts on uh, the recession Uh, that's looming? I think a lot of people are expecting it to actually hit in the fall, um, not necessarily yet in the summer.
2: I I think we're we're seeing a little bit of it already in corporate earnings. I think you've seen you know, a number of large what were growth companies that that really aren't growing very fast anymore. And I think, you know, that's reflective in the overall economy and uh uh GDP and and uh revenue of those companies. And I I think they're gonna, you know, I think we're 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 gonna have a recession. I I hope it's not uh significant and deep, but I, you know, I just, you know, you look at the at the commercial real estate market that's out there uh, kind of looming uh, the bank issues that are looming out there. And I, I just think, um, you know, people's attitude about the economy too is a little bit on the negative side. So, I, I it, you know, I think we're going to have a little something to have to deal with.
3: Yeah. A little,
1: so, so, a little too much uh, irrational exuberance right now. But I, I, you know, we had a trough in October. If you look, at some of these tech companies, it was, you know, disastrous in October. But we've done pretty well from that point on. But I will say that, you know, even Nvidia, one of my favorites, has kind of taken off, and there's got to be a little bit of profit taking in the next.
0: Well, that's that's largely months, due maybe. to the AI um, yeah. initiatives, and and yeah. uh, and everybody's trying to jump on that bandwagon right now. So. Yeah. Um, and and we might be on the front edge of that, so it might be yep. worth jumping on. Um, yep. But there are a few stocks that are they're running like that. Uh, Dan, I saw you shaking your head about the economy. We we have yeah. two votes in for a mild recession. It sounds like.
3: Yeah. Uh, I I my vote would be similar. You know, it, it's soft landing to mild recession. The wild card for me is if um, we start seeing more bank runs, right? Um, that that could be. Uh, that could be pretty painful and lead to some uh, some bigger issues so
0: yeah i i tend to agree i i would like to uh let my optimism uh, believe that uh we are going to have a soft landing yet but i think that there are some variables and it depends on uh the fed and uh, and the bank that's are a big part of it right now too um, you know, PacWest West Bank just reported uh, this morning that last week alone they lost 9.5% of their deposits again. And when I saw that headline, I was like, "Oh no, here we go!" Just a headline like that is uh, 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 self-inflicting uh, further people to go pull out uh, more money, and and then they might do it to some other banks. So I'm I'm more concerned almost about social media blowing up these banks than uh, anything else. It's like <laughs> the way that news spreads now um it's pretty crazy so i do think that's one of those wild cards too that we need to have the fdic or somebody come out and put some more reassurances back out there
1: and expand the fdic fund from 100 billion to 500 billion
0: yeah well i think expanding the insurance on each bank may may yeah. be one solution there's a lot there's a lot of viable solutions out there that could help these things it's yeah. just a matter of if somebody's going to take action or not Well, let's talk uh, microeconomics and some specific stock stories. I know that we have some Tesla fans in the group, so let's talk Tesla. They cut the prices of some of their models in the last 12 months several times, putting the auto industry in a sort of panic over margins. But now they just turn around and raise prices after making a big deal about their price cuts. Uh, What are your outlooks for Tesla? Uh,
1: He needs the cash to pay off his Twitter debt. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, we'll we'll let Dan jump in on this. I think he has a serious answer here.
3: No, I no, it's (laughs) serious. Yeah, I mean, so everybody was concerned when they started cutting prices in the first quarter. And their first quarter earnings come out, and they're still at 20% gross margins. So they're still double the margins of their competitors after these price cuts. And, you know, if you watch their investor day, what is it, like three months ago or so now? they're They're gaining more and more efficiencies in manufacturing, and that lead is just going to keep continuing. So yeah, it's it their margins went down from what 29 percent to twenty um and and they're still humming along and profitable, expanding. there's building new factories, their uh, vehicle production, the, the cyber trucks going to come out later this year. So I think you're you're going to just see more and more growth out of them and if they can hold that twenty percent margin line, I think um, they're they're going to be just fine.
0: The the trucks going to be an interesting thing because uh, the the cars I think have some great design. Uh, I'm not sold on that truck yet, but I'm looking forward to seeing one in in uh, in real life to uh, see what it really looks like. Uh, I, from the pictures, I don't think it's anything I'd want to drive. But uh, <laughs> to each his own, you know.
1: True, but they do uh, have test- a million pre-orders for that truck over a million Te-
0: pre-orders, you know. Tesla did close at just above 10, 172 today. It was up 354 on the day, and it was up in the after hours today, too. So, it, it's still moving. It's holding well in this kind of crazy market uh, where most of the market was down today. Um, the Dow was down 222, the Nasdaq down 20, uh, up 22, and the S&P was down seven. Um, Glenn, you, you, you are a Tesla holder, right? John, I don't know if I don't think you hold any Tesla. Do you hold Tesla? I didn't think so. I
2: don't. Um, that business model is just too capital intensive for me. The auto, the auto industry in general, then you're saying? Yes, sir. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I I'm
0: I've never been, I, I've had I've been in and out of Tesla a little bit, but the valuations are too high for me. <laughs> but you bring up another good interesting point, John. But I've always felt like there's going to be a gap closed between the traditional autos, the the Ford GM and the Teslas of the world because of the valuations of the companies. Um, So I tend to play Ford and GM more than I would play Tesla. I think there's some value there. Uh, But that is a good point, John. I'm I'm sorry, Glenn, you had a comment about Tesla and then we can kind of wrap up Tesla here.
1: Well, uh, I was kind of half joking, but last year he did. Elon Musk did sell eight billion dollars worth of his stock right at like the peak in like March or April of last year when they peaked. And that had to go for this thing. But what drives me crazy is that he has so many companies. You got a spaceship company. You got a solar company. You got a car company. You got a brain implant company. Can you just focus on the, on one of these things, please? Well, you don't need the social here's, media. Here's you know? some
0: good news for you, Glenn. <laughs> Nobody may have seen this yet or not. But Elon announced today that he was stepping down as a CEO of Twitter.
1: Wow, he took the he, vote for serious. He had asked everybody if they what what should I do? And he's like, everybody's he's, like, get out of there. You know?
0: He's gonna he's <laughs> gonna stay involved in product, but he's gonna step down as a CEO. So yeah, there you go. Well, moving on to Apple. Apple seems larger than life these days as the market rallied big after the earnings report from Apple last week, uh, which seemed like a sigh of relief for almost everyone. So many people are into Apple. I think there was so much nervousness going into the Apple report last Thursday night that uh, almost everybody was relieved. Um, so you guys, I think, are all in a little bit of Apple. Do you think Apple's going higher or lower from here in the short and long term? And why? It's it's at a pretty pretty good valuation right now. Uh,
1: actually, Apple is the one company I'm not in because it's it's, it's I don't know. I, I hate to say I'm biased in any way, but I don't know, I've always, I just, I've I've never been in it for some reason, maybe I'm just an Intel guy, but I got out of Intel a long time ago, because they haven't had a new daily high since 2000, so I don't know, they could go back to 200, I could see that,
0: you know, that's that's interesting, and from a, a non-holder perspective, it's 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 good to hear from you on that, Glenn. And and being a tech guy, I would have thought you had been an Apple. I, I should have looked that before I made that statement, but <laughs> interesting. Yeah, Dan, I'm pretty sure you have Apple in your position. How are you feeling about it these days?
3: I just feel like it's a core holding. You know, it's you know it's going to tick up. Warren Buffett has a huge position for a reason, right? So there's there's value there. There's innovation there. It's not going to go grow 30% year over year again or anything like that. But um, it's an institution these days, and and they're gonna they're they're gonna grow. They have a lot of great minds. They're gonna have new products, um, and it's it's just worth holding a little bit of Apple. That's my view.
0: It it truly seems larger than life right now, um, with, with Apple had being almost like a, a comparable to one of the macro Uh, events of last week when that earnings came out, they're they're trading now at uh, 43 times trailing 12 months, um, which I remember back when Apple was still struggling to get above a 10 because people wanted to value it like a hardware company as opposed to a a tech company. Um, So it's done quite a turnaround here in the last few years. I mean, it's certainly been a great holding for anybody that's had it over the last, since it came out. Uh, which is probably about 20 years. I don't remember exactly when Apple debuted, but right, yeah, I've had it over 20 years in the in the uh, marketocracy portfolio. So
1: 1981. Yeah.
0: 81. Okay, so wow. I 81. 81? Wow. I think it was 80
3: or 81. You're, you're thinking yeah. of the Steve Jobs resurgence, right after they? Uh, yeah,
0: it must be. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it, it was like 10 bucks, and then yeah, it, you know, one up, split, one up, split. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. it's up twenty five thousand percent or something
2: yep. like that in the past twenty years. It's right, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. John, any thoughts on Apple? Yeah, I uh, would just echo what Dan said. Um, Apple's a keeper. Uh, it's one of those. It's one of those companies that you can buy and hold for twenty, thirty years, and not worry. You know, sleep well at night. Uh, it's got an ecosystem that's growing and is just super, super strong. They're innovation strong. They've got, you know, $57 billion in net cash on the balance sheet. I mean, they're and they, they just announced, along with the earnings, uh, $90 billion uh, stock buyback. They increased the dividend. I mean, they're just, oh, my gosh. Something. I they're,
1: thought it was like $150 billion they had, or is that what they have, like offshore in Ireland and, you know, Asia?
2: Well, they, they, they've they got that. Uh, I uh, the 57 billion I referred to as net cash. Uh, subtract uh, the debt from the cash and you get the net cash. So yeah. they've probably got 150 billion in cash and what, 100 billion in debt or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think they yeah. issued when you, and when you talk about
0: their debt. I believe uh, a few years ago they issued long-term debt at one percent bonds. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's almost not even like having debt, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just thinking, why don't we just grab some free money here?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. that was yeah. quite incredible. And they are expanding uh, into India is a big potential market for them here, as well as some other uh, emerging markets. So, I. I want to pick some more up, but I, I wish it would pull back a little bit. Um, don't like the valuation, but I, I definitely agree with you guys. Um, you know, about 75% of the companies during this earnings season's reported beats. Um, not all of them moved as much as others. Um, can you guys, if we could go around and kind of give a final thought and maybe speak to one of the, the companies that we hadn't talked about today, but that you're following um, and I'll start with talking about META because I think META still has some runway. They they've had a big run in the last uh, year. They, of course, were way overdone when they traded all the way back down to about I think it was about 115. Um, and now they're back up to 235 and change. They were up today again in a, in a pretty down market. Uh, but I think that META is starting to get a little bit of the um, the same kind of feel of of safety like an apple is. Uh, they have a nice cash flow. Mark Zuckerberg has come out and um, and listened to what people are telling him. Um, and it's really turned the stock around. He's backed off of uh, his huge investments in the metaverse. He's still working on it, but it's becoming less of a priority for this year. Um, and and they're really starting to give some competition to the TikTok with reels. Um, so they have a lot of good things going on here. Um, and I th- I see the stock going back to 300. Um, will it be in the next 12 months? Might be a little longer because they have run so much, but it could be. I think it's a good investment, and they're still trading at a re- really fair uh, price-earnings to earnings ratio right now. Glenn, what's uh, what's your big stock you're following now that you want to talk about?
1: It's always Nvidia. That's my that's my baby. You know, I wish I bought it back in October, but you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda. However, I still think, I mean, its intrinsic value is 156, and it's at 291 now, give or take a couple bucks. So, but I still think with the AI thing, they're they're basically in the driver's seat right now, and they'll probably be at 400 probably by next spring, maybe sooner. You know, accounting for a five five for one split they did for about a what a year or two ago. But the AI thing is taking off, and all you need is a beefy laptop and one of these open models, which is actually what was leaked from from meta, they actually leaked one of their large language models. And then people all over Earth took it and ran with it and just they built more stuff than, uh, than Google's built with it or open AI could do with it. So I wonder, basically, Mark Zuckerberg got a planet's worth of free labor for his model for free, in a way. So I don't know how that's going to play out. And you know, individuals can use it that way. But they're most likely going to be building it on NVIDIA hardware, you know, but now you can just do it on a CPU. You can actually run it on a Raspberry Pi or an actual toaster that has like a smart screen on it. It won't run, run very fast, but you can actually do it at that level or on a smartphone.
0: You're you're getting pretty technical because I don't know how many people know what a Raspberry Pi is. Sorry,
1: that's very, <laughs> or, it's or a very a toaster. small, cheap little computer that costs about 30 bucks. And it's about the size <laughs> I, of a
0: deck. I know what bucks. you're talking about, but yeah. I don't think a lot of people know what it is. <laughs> so <laughs> The, the video has definitely been a great one and and it could still
3: keep going. Um, uh, Dan, do you have one uh, that you can speak to? yeah, i you know i I hold square. i and it's been painful to hold it. Um, they continue to grow their company. I mean, I think they had thirty two percent growth in gross profit year over year. They beat on earnings, and of course, the stock went down. Um, so it, it's just one of those ones, it's kind of an enigma, they get thrown out because um, they're not profitable. But if you take a close look at, you know, what they're spending their money on, it's um, the typical tech company, where they're spending their money on um, research and development, product development, and marketing. And they have a payback period of about, what, 12, 14 months on every marketing dollar they spend. It drops to revenue. So they're, if you're a long-term holder of Square, you want them to keep marketing with that kind of payback period, um, and you you would be willing to take that hit to earnings. So it, I'm just a believer in them long term. i think I think it makes a lot of sense. They're moving up market, they're being successful, and their stocks being punished for it. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> that's, uh, that, that is interesting, and uh, I'm glad you picked that one because I think that's a good one to look at and to watch. And within an arm's length, I, I know I have a piece of their marketing that I just got in the mail in the last couple of days uh, trying to promote their POS terminals. And I think that's when they did something really ingenious that put PayPal behind the ball is when they started rolling out all the uh, the POS to to let small businesses use credit cards. Um, of course, there's so many ways now, but I think they still have a leadership position in that area. Um, and, and PayPal really dropped the ball on that one. And PayPal is what I was watching here this week as they reported. And, of course, their stock tanked. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in that space. John, what, uh, what are you looking at?
2: What are you watching? Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the best uh, business model on the planet, and possibly the most profitable company on the planet, it's Visa. And kind of along uh, Dan's lines, uh, you can dump Square and buy Visa. Um, It's a little bit pricey, um, but uh, show me a company that makes roughly 50% net profit and generates $8 billion well, 16 billion dollars uh, in in net income every year, and roughly almost 100% of that is free cash flow. Uh, their revenues are growing at double-digit rates. Um, they've been around a while. They're just they're just a you know again like Dan said a, a core holding. That is uh, that is a good
0: one, and uh, like you say, they're a little pricey right now, but uh, they have been doing well for long. John, I actually thought when you started talking about uh, one of the greatest business models, you were going to talk about Marketocracy Masters Capital Management, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I guess we're not quite there yet. So I understand because we're not quite comparable to Visa yet, uh, but it did remind me that uh, an interesting factor in uh, some of the uh, – It was the PPI numbers that came out. Uh, One of the things that was keeping it a little higher was increases in capital management fees. And so it just reminded me to make sure that all our listeners know that at Marketocracy, we're here to democratize investing for everybody with low minimums and low fees. And you get to follow any one of our great master investors Uh, to let your money uh, grow. So with that, I'm going to close out this uh, edition of Ring the Bell with the Masters of Marketocracy. And uh, thank you, gentlemen, for uh, all joining and contributing tonight, of course.
3: Great. Thanks, Tony. Thank
2: Thank you, you,
0: Tony.